Alright. You right. don't even know. You don't even know how, how many people are going to be listening to this. So, <laughs> Billions, bro. Billions. Just block it out, Jason. Alright, guys. Let's, let's get this podcast going. Uh, today. So, this is our fifth podcast yeah. behind the business. I'm your host, Jason Menorinter. We've got Dave here, co host. Yes. And uh, we got a special guest. Jimmy Deep, 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 Jimmy Deep. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Deep. So we're gonna go behind the business with Jimmy Deep. Jimmy Deep is the the broker, co-broker now. Or are you still the broker at Remax? Still Ireland? on title as broker. Still on title as on uh, the broker. Oh shit! Sorry, that's mine. It's all good. <laughs> Uh, broker at Remax iRealty Innovations, and you've been running that for ten years. Big one zero. Is it ten years for twenty twenty? So you started in two thousand. Yeah, ten years, June twenty eight. Oh, it's wow. a ten year anniversary. Crazy. And, but we just can't yesterday. throw a party because of this whole COVID scenario. Holy Damn, shit. that was Damn. yesterday. God, I yeah, that that, I gotta put that out on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ten year anniversary. Yeah, <laughs> two days before my birthday. Should have done something <laughs> so we can piggyback off of a party. Yeah. Ten years, that's crazy. And right now you have about eighty agents. Yes, sir. How many agents did you have starting? What was your lowest amount of agents and highest amount of agents? Three. Three agents. That's the lowest. Is and I'm assuming that's when you When we first started. Okay. It was like uh we bought the office and then there was like three in there. Yeah, how did you guys get into it? How did you guys get into buying the office? Like that's that's a good story. Like I've I've heard some of it before, yeah. but well, I met Farin at like um, so he used to go to school with my wife, and he was like mutual friends with um, Khalil Haji, who's who's also our other friend. I ran into him at a party, and we were like t- getting talking. We're like, hey, you know, the brokerage is such a good model. Mm-hmm. Complete lie. But uh, it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're younger and you're like, okay, well, this is a good model. You know, you recruited associates at the time. We knew a lot. We knew a lot of agents too. Wait, wait, how old are you now? 27. 27? Yeah, so we yeah, bought, you bought this at 27. Yeah, we bought, we bought the office at 27. <laughs> okay, so you're 37 now. Yeah. And you bought it at 27. Right. Okay, you weren't 17. No, no, not 17. Okay. And then um, we got talking and we were like, okay, well, this is a, it's a good model, right? And then it took us a little while, so... We were trying to look for different brokerages. We wanted. We talked about getting our own name, you know, all the normal stuff that you would think about. You mm-hmm. know, start a boutique, local office, um, start, uh, and then we looked at some other franchises. There's a realty executive that we were talking to that um, was giving away franchises at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got talking, kept off talking, and it was like, well, if we're gonna do this, it's you got to be able to sell what. Um, something you believe in you know what i mean like you can't it's hard to sell a brand that nobody knows it's hard to sell a brand that is kind of middle of the road Mm -hmm. and so the ability to sell something with a brand name behind it is a little bit easier and the support behind it is easier so then we we said okay well you know what's one of the top names in real estate's remax Mm -hmm. um well i think remax is one of the biggest in calgary in Alberta, yeah, one of the Alberta, biggest, right? yeah, biggest in the world. Yeah, well, yeah. definitely in the world for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and then we just um, I called Western Canada. They said no. 
like really really nicely they said fuck off basically <laughs> like we get three calls a week like why would we give you franchise or whatever yeah but then uh at the end of the conversation uh, he mentioned a name jessica stoner he's like have you spoken with jessica stoner and i i didn't i didn't know of the name i didn't even know of the brokerage that she had in calgary at the time mm-hmm. two weeks so we're like okay well that's that goes our shot type of thing a couple weeks later i was just cruising around and was going to get a haircut and um i ran into it and i was moving at the time so when i was cruising up crow child uh i called the hair like it was just last minute thing you know i called uh, my hairdresser or whatever i said hey uh do you have a time and she's like yeah sure come in uh, in about an hour so then she was right across the street from a future shop mm-hmm. or best buy best buy and uh, no sorry future shop and then um and then I went to Future Shop, looked at, looked, looked at some TVs and things, because just because I was moving and I needed some TVs. Ran into a fella, and I was negotiating the TVs, and then I had to leave to get the haircut. So I said, hey, here's my phone number. Call me if you get um, authorization from your manager for whatever I was for negotiating him for. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I went to get my haircut. He called me while I was in the chair, and my voicemail picked up. And it said, hey, you know, like, hey, you've reached Jimmy Deep with Remax, so-and-so at the time. Mm-hmm. Because I was already with the Remax office. Mm-hmm. So you were a realtor before. Yeah. When you were wanting to do your own brokerage. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. My dad was in real estate. Oh. Okay. So then okay. he was doing it forever, and then I was helping him like ever since I was in junior high. Oh. That's so how I got introduced to the business. That's crazy. Yeah. So like the days when Altera, I don't know if you guys know, there was like Altera. There was an Altera system, dial-up connection. Never heard of it. You had to download. <laughs> You you would dial up, log in, download. All, this is like right after the all the books and shit you used to have to flip through for listings. Mm-hmm. But you dial up, download all the listings. It's like this rinky dink system. Then you can go through it. Usually there's only like one photo of the of the house outside. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to print everything. You out. You had to too. print everything out. <laughs> like it was. I can uh, only imagine. Back in the- oh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> So then I was like, because uh, my dad's, uh, his English isn't very good, right? Mm-hmm. So I did uh, his uh, appointments and things, mm. that type of shit. So were you doing it right, right out of high school? Junior high? Yeah, pretty much. Like junior high, I was helping him with that. And then high school was still the same thing. What made you decide that you wanted to do the brokerage though? Being Oh, so ever since in high school, I was like, so you get like introduced to the real estate, right? Oh, yeah. And then you're like, ah, oh, you know dad you should open up a broker just seems like such a good model yeah you know you can you know you know people you can recruit and you know that's what it is like why do you want to go and sell houses when you can recruit people and he's always like no i'm not going to do that because he's he's just you know like i said his english isn't very isn't the best Mm -hmm. um and that was just isn't his thing right so Mm -hmm. all through university it's always it sat in the back of my mind so when you're doing business, when you're do, going through the business courses and stuff, you're like, oh, yeah, it's still a pretty good idea, whatever. And then it was always there. It was always in the back of my mind to actually, I just thought it was a good model. To, to start one up. Yeah. Because yeah. so, your yeah. background's in business too, right? Like you have a, like a business background from yeah. university? Yeah. So I did. Uh, so wait, you went to university also? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the UFC, um, I actually grew up here. Went to the schooling system here. I went to university here. Uh, university so of Calgary? University of Calgary. Has gained school of business. Okay. Switched majors like three or four times. And then finally, I just ended up doing a general uh, business uh, degree. 
and it was one of those things where I went from I was in finance major, I'm a marketing major, operations major, and then the fourth time I'm, I actually got some. Uh, There's one. There was one professor that I remember. His name's Third Kettle. I spoke with him and I was like, hey, you know, I can't find exactly what my niche is, and I don't really like. Um, I, I enjoy all these different aspects, but I never really wanted to get into the in depth of finance. I don't mm-hmm. want to get in depth into marketing or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I like the whole overall strategy, and then he said. You know, everybody shits on a general business degree, mm-hmm. but it is one of the degrees that you don't need a like you don't you don't have to concentrate. You don't have to have a concentration or anything. Mm-hmm. And so, I took his advice. So I took uh, courses from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I did international business courses. I did operations management. I did, you know, like just courses from all the different disciplines. Mm-hmm. And so I rounded out my uh, knowledge a little bit. So that was probably one of the best advice I got from graduating out of university there that's sweet so right after you graduate you went into you went full-time into real estate or oh no like so how did, how did that transition happen graduated in 2004 okay that's and like, then uh well we graduated high school 2005, 2005. <laughs> so, yeah so yeah we're like four years apart right yeah, yeah mm-hmm. four, four four or five years apart so i graduated university 2004 went to work at cp rail like right away. Oh, crazy! So they had this recruiting program that comes through the uh, the university, right? And like mm-hmm. they have this hiring, whatever. Uh, then went CP to work. CP Rail, like full time. You were full time, like yeah. full time CP Rail right out of school. Mm-hmm. And um, it was kind of it was it was it was good. I mean, they hired a certain number of people, and then um, it was a good paying job mm-hmm. at the time. They were they were one of the top paying companies and that was at that time i think it was like thirty eight thousand dollars out of university you're like all right score <laughs> but uh, um so i worked for them for like three years did a bunch of roles there then i switched to uh enbridge pipelines did financial analysis there nice and Crazy. then uh went to calgary economic development mm-hmm. and was a business development manager there for about a year or so and then after that i went to property management and real estate Crazy. So during that time, when I was at Enbridge, I got my real estate license. So how old were you at Enbridge, and then when you got into real estate? You know, twenty. This whole time, though, Jimmy, just, I gotta say this: I thought you were in real estate this whole time. The whole time, I didn't, no. I didn't know you had all I these think, jobs, and I think it's school. rare. I didn't even know you went to school. <laughs> I think it's rare to have people who go straight into real estate um, out of. High school? high school or out of university like, I mean yeah, it's, it's rare I mean like, I think everybody has had some they worked for a little bit yeah. had some sort of experience some sales experience or something before they hit um, like real estate sales because yeah. you got to be in business for yourself like it's really really tough to mm-hmm. not have a background in any of those things and then just kind of jump in full time mm-hmm. I mean you guys do this right and it's like you got to have some sort of an experience for for self-employment yeah business background even if it's not business background you got to have the drive to do it yeah Um, for sure yeah i think a lot of it comes down to like our family as well too because you you saw your father do it and like that's like me and like my parents like i saw my parents run their own business so that kind of like nurtured me into self-employment so yeah like i I, that's when i realized the like the office life wasn't for me right right no that's exactly it you do it and then you're like i didn't want to put a suit on for somebody else every day yeah you know 
But then over the years, like when I first started, when I get into, when I left full time, it was like a war suit every day. Yeah. But then it was for myself. Yeah. yeah. And then over the years, you're like, ah, oh, shit, I don't want to wear this anymore. That's why I never wear a suit. Oh, dude, I was like a suit every day. Jason we loves wearing a suit. We all started there, right? It's yeah. like, it's like, no, I'm in business for myself. I gotta look good. And then yeah. after a while, you know, you just want to be genuine and you want to be trustworthy. You want to mm-hmm. just people to trust you, like. I don't know. It depends yeah. on the market, the clientele you're going after, I guess. But yeah, back in the day, the suits were kind of a cool thing. It was a thing. No, absolutely. Yeah. We now, we would put on suits for like our first meeting with the client. Yeah. But yeah. once they start to get to know you and like you get comfortable with them, then you start to be you able relax to dress a little them. bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, I hated wearing suits coming outside of the office life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> like, so now, like sometimes I'm like I still help friends and families and stuff. Right, I show up in like sandals and shorts. <laughs> Because they just know, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they don't care. That's when you made it. Yeah, no. <laughs> you show up like that. No, that's when you're like, shit, I gotta go help these guys, but I'm you want doing to. you they're a friends. favor now. No, no, they're friends, yeah. they're family. You really want to help them, and that's all That's all you really want to see. And I think that's yeah, exactly. where the success comes in for, for realtors is when you can get to a point where it's not about the sale. I think you guys talked about this in your last mm-hmm. podcast. It's, yeah, it's, it's never not. About it's the never sale. about that it's sale. Never about yeah. The sale. Yeah. yeah, it's all always about the journey, about helping helping them find the right place, yeah. getting a deal, the service. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you just finished your career. You made that transition to real estate full time, mm-hmm. and so that means you were doing real estate for about two three years. So yeah, I was doing real estate for probably like two and a half years full time, yeah. and. Did you not like real estate or what was it that was, or, oh, it or was, was like, it in the back of your head to do the brokerage? So I did it. It was like a good, I built a good business, Yeah. but I was never the person to ever wanted to see. This is kind of contradictory. I never like, I don't know. You guys know me. I'm like, I, I, I think I'm a fairly reserved person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, reserved. I don't, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I just not really out there type of thing. Yeah. Um, so having my name i would say calm and collective yeah kind of what I yeah mean. just like yeah I, i'm just not that I, I i don't know i just didn't want to see my name it's very contradictory to what i was doing mm. whoops um i didn't want to get my name out there i didn't want to see it on a bus bench mm. i didn't want to so meeting new clients was great but it wasn't like my most favorite thing to do like mm-hmm. i'm a very like i'm, I'm introverted mm-hmm. uh, at the same time mm-hmm outgoing when you need to be sociable when you need to be but also like just inherently i'd just rather be you know hanging out at home sure. type of thing. Mm-hmm. so i didn't want to see my name out there i i didn't really just do those those advertising and stuff and so but when i but the connections on the relationship level was really important and i like i liked that part of it mm-hmm. so again going back to kind of it's always been in the back of my mind i thought the brokerage was a good model mm-hmm. because then you get to be behind the scene you get to share some of the knowledge and experience that I've had in business development for my previous job mm-hmm. um, into helping agents grow their business mm-hmm. and kind of be the behind the scene type of thing. And that was a good fit for me. I think so. so that's yeah. why that's why I was like, I think this is where I need to go. And yeah. the opportunity was just it, it was just weird that there was an opportunity to to buy a, uh, a Remax. Yeah. Yeah. So. Let's talk about that because um, you said you called Western Canada and they said basically, you know, fuck off. Yeah. Um, gave you a name. Mm-hmm. 
Um, didn't think anything of it. Didn't think anything of it. And then you're in co conversation with, with uh, Farhan yeah. about getting the business. Mm -hmm. So what? What? How, how did you get your foot in the door? How did you get your your first remat? Sorry. Yeah, you had to. Get, yeah. So when I so after the haircut thing, that this the the oh, guy yeah, at the future yeah, shop, yeah, yeah. Back to that story, yeah, the back. guy at the future shop, I came back right. So I finished my haircut, I come back. That, that was a good back story. And I talked yeah. to that, it that was. Led, this is yeah. how it goes. It goes right around. Yeah. It comes right back around. I see the guy again, right? Uh -huh. And he says, "Cool, I got you the deal." Uh, he approved. It. I was like, "Awesome!" And then he said to me, "He's like, hey, um, are you in real estate?" I was like, "Yeah." How'd you know? He's like, "Well, your voicemail." I was like, "Oh yeah, right, duh." Yeah. And he's like. Oh, do you do you, like, you know? Do you want to buy a house? Like, you know, uh, I was like, why you need to buy a house? It's like, uh, no. Do you, uh, do you know Jessica Stoner? Uh -huh. That's what he said to me. And I'm like, that's crazy. No, but that's you that, know that's, that's that's crazy. So weird. Yeah. That's the second time I've heard that name in the last two weeks. Right? Mm -hmm. It's only been like two weeks. That's when all the stars. Yeah, that's when they all aligned, yeah. I guess. <laughs> but then uh, I was like, no, and he's like, oh, I do some website stuff for her right mm -hmm. now, and she's got it. She's got a new brokerage. She lives out in Canmore. So he worked for her. Yeah, yep. he was doing. He was doing. Um, he was doing like uh, website stuff for her. Crazy. Like, that's crazy. It's on the side, and then um, and then I said, oh, cool, and she's like, he said, uh, well, yeah, and then but when he said that, the thing that came through my mind is that well, she lives in Canmore, she has a brokerage in Calgary, mm -hmm. that commute probably isn't fun. And I said, uh, you know, hey, can you get her to reach out to me? And I gave her, and he has, and I gave him my card. Didn't hear anything from them. Didn't hear anything from her. Two weeks later, I was buying something else uh, at Future Shop. I ran into him again, and I said, hey, she never called me. He's like, oh yeah, about that. Um, there's an unwritten rule that she said that brokers can't call other Remax agents. Mm -hmm. So she never reached out, and she's mm -hmm. like, and he said, well, you're you're gonna have to call her. And um, I said, yeah, sure, no problem. You're so, like, well, I waited two weeks for you to tell me that. <laughs> two weeks for you to tell me that. But he didn't know at the time, and so he did tell her. He did tell her about it, and she couldn't call. So then I called her up, and I, and she said, okay, cool, let's come in for uh, for a meeting, but. In her eyes, uh, that whole meeting, she was trying to recruit me as an agent. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the meeting, I just said, hey, listen, I uh, appreciate everything you do, and I, I really like the idea. Because it, it was the same idea that me and Farhan was talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, like, utilizing technology, being online of sorts, right? So was she, was, uh, she at a brokerage in Calgary called Remax? It was I, called I, Remax Alpine, oh, I, oh. and then in brackets, iRealty. Oh, okay. oh, crazy. Yeah. Alpine Remax Alpine iRealty. Yeah, Remax Alpine bracket iRealty. I think that's what she called it. Okay. But um, then, where was I? Oh, yeah, you, that, you that meeting. Are, and then at the end yeah, of the meeting, she, yeah, she's I like said, you're recruiting her. Right. You. As an agent, yeah. I said, hey, that's all, that's all great. And I said, but, you know, uh, this is my current situation. I've asked my current broker um, for my current broker at the time. I had conversations about me wanting to do more, mm -hmm. about wanting to be, you know, more of like a back-end role. But now looking back, I could see why that answer might have been no. The answer, because probably I was a little bit too young in their eyes, somebody who's been doing it for so long. Mm -hmm. um, Wait, what, you're, you're 25, 26 right now? No, 27 now. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're 27? Yeah. Okay. And then, um, so I met her beginning of June, like end of May, beginning of June. Mm -hmm. And then, so at the end of the meeting, I said, hey, this, this is what I'm looking for. Are you looking for uh, a partner, you know, a managing broker, anything of that sort? And she says, I am actually. 
and we got discussing and she was willing to give up a big chunk of the the office mm-hmm. and then me and farm bought it mm-hmm. so from that meeting to the time that we took possession it was 30 days so That's crazy. from yeah. your initial meeting with her from the initial meeting with her to the time that all the papers were signed money transferred everything transferred like done was 30 days mm-hmm. so that was like june tw- uh, june 28 is when that we took possession of the brokerage crazy and then on july 3rd i got married <laughs> and then I left for two weeks on a, on a honeymoon after that. So then Farn was left here. <laughs> running the, the business. By himself, running the business that we just bought. Yeah. From scratch, right? Yeah, yeah from scratch. <laughs> you left for two weeks? Yeah. That's how that started. We did. I took a road trip down to California. Mm. So then it was like, yeah, it was funny. That's sweet. And, and it included some other brokerages too, right? Like it wasn't just... Like so we bought just the one. Oh. So just the one in Calgary. And then, so we grew we grew the office. Well, for, we moved out of there within the first six months. Mm-hmm. Before we move to the next one, just, um, it seemed like it was, pr- 30 days is kind of a long time to negotiate a deal. If you're talking every day, right? Were you guys negotiating the whole time or was it pretty easy to... to- well, 30 days on like, I think 30 days is to me like it's pretty quick to do all your due diligence yeah to get the lawyers to draft up your That's purchase I mean. contract yeah. to get everything. all the everything like the funds the signatures and everything we we there wasn't a whole lot of negotiations going on because mm-hmm. you know coming into uh coming into purchasing a remax we've heard some ridiculous numbers of like where what the value of a uh, of the brokerages yeah. mm-hmm. and what was offered was like it was so different that i think looking back we like probably overpaid by a little bit mm-hmm. but still at that time we're like oh yeah man this is a completely fair number mm-hmm. um how many how many agents were at her brokerage well when we agreed there was about eight okay and then by the time we took possession it was about three <laughs> so <there> was. <laughs> yeah. Was she, uh, was she was she um uh Chinese? No, no, stone. No. Stoner? Stoner. Oh. So she's white. Yeah, she's Caucasian. Oh, okay. White. Yeah. So how was that group with you guys you being Oh, it was it was good. Asian, it was brown, white. 27. Yeah. 27. <laughs> it was good. I mean, I think yeah. we were like we were very different. Yeah. Like even today like me and Farn are very different right now. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um we we always have been, but mm-hmm. then I think that's what works. Mm-hmm. Right? Like That's what I say to you like me and Dave very different. You guys are very different. Yeah. But somehow but it, it works it just yeah people so scratch like, their heads sometimes you know and that's kind of like what you want like when uh-huh. you know a relationship is or like a business relationship is good yeah uh-huh. um that's when you just you know yeah, yeah. we've also known each other for a long time you know each other but i think when you get into business it's uh-huh. very different too yeah right like it's it very is. hard um at first yeah like in, in a business relationship it's kind of like like a relationship too right, right? Because you talk to each other every day and then you're still trying to figure each other out on a business level mm-hmm. versus like a friendship level you know it's different not, yeah. yeah it's very different well it's, it's like, like hey do you want to go out this weekend yeah sure yeah it's yeah, like you you're married when you're in a business relationship oh, yeah. right yeah because yeah. you got finances that are together yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, got, yeah. you got business meetings and appointments and all sorts of stuff together and yeah you depend on each other to get things done uh-huh. and so you got to have that trust if you don't have that then yeah, you know, that's how I think it falls apart, right? Hundred percent. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen so many business. 
like teams yeah like you know teams and it's just over the years yeah you see people getting together and you're like all right man like if you want <laughs> and then of course like three years later it's they're like i hate that person yeah but yeah you know yeah so you just went on your honeymoon you're back you guys have is you guys have a i remember you guys were saying you guys had like a small office yeah it was like 400 square feet or something like that it was like super puny yeah mm. and we i think we talked about this last time but that model that business model that she created and you right. just wanted was yeah. basically paperless and just one yeah hub which would be so perfect for right wanted, now it would be perfect for yeah. now she wanted i think it was ahead of its time at that time right yeah. like she wanted completely online crazy mm-hmm. um no office uh space really at all it just wanted a small place with a boardroom to drop off checks and mm-hmm. process deals or whatever mm-hmm. but we uh when we started recruiting we found out real quick that it was just the industry wasn't ready for it. Mm-hmm. People were just uncomfortable with being online. And like we had a virtual office online where, you know, each person had their own office and you're like this little uh, emoji and you can go into people's offices and shit. And <laughs> like a little avatar. Yeah, like a little avatar. And then you so can like, like, I'm in the office. I'm yeah, you're like in the office and then you can knock on a door. Oh my God. And then the other person would answer, and then you can come in. Like you can lock your door. You can have a meeting in a boardroom and share your screen. And so you just connect through, you know, just like uh, video, just like how Zoom is doing right now. That's crazy. But, uh, That's actually pretty. It's pretty slick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even that program now is like amazing. Because what uh, year was that? It's 2010. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but people weren't ready for that, mm-hmm. and we moved. We went from 400 square feet to 4,000 square feet. And then that's when we started growing. Yeah. And how long did, how, what was the year gap between that, between that move? Uh, six months. Mm-hmm. Six months? Yeah. So wow. we bought it. We started to realize like first couple months real fast, like, hey, we need another space. Because mm-hmm. you guys were, you guys got a lot of people coming. Uh, yeah. So it's just like recruiting. That, that, it was an objection from a lot of people. Mm. They come into the office. There was no exposure. You know, we we're on the second floor of the Devonish building. Mm. And uh, so that was like a big objection we had to come o- overcome. So we had to move, and we moved into a four thousand square feet space, but with no uh, no private offices, just like drop-in open space. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the one on top of Singapore Sands? Yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, had a big patio. Yeah, I heard you that patio were, was fun. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. You guys <laughs> yeah. up the window. It was awesome. Some barbecues parking, and parties there. Parking was a bitch though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. especially yeah. that area. <laughs> so, believe it or not, we grew in that office up to sixty agents oh, wow. with four parking stalls. Jeez. And so, uh, and then in between there, that's when we bought uh, those other offices. Mm. We bought Canmore and Bam. No, sorry, uh, Can- uh, Cochrane and Sundry first. Mm-hmm. And then a week, and then a year later, we bought Canmore and Banff. Mm-hmm. And then at the same, and then a little bit after that, we bought out uh, Jessica. Crazy. Yeah, Canmore and Banff would have been a good spot. Yeah, it's, you know, everything sounds so good. I don't know if you guys ever done this, but like things like sound so good in theory. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yes. And then when you like yeah. do it, you're like, oh, fuck, why did I do that? Like, For sure. So, but you don't know until you try. Yeah, it. man. Like, you know, so, okay. But it sounds amazing. Let's it sounds amazing. Brokers in Bath, oh, right. Canada, all over the world. This right? is, yeah, this is Take the, it over Alberta. You, you yeah. can sell the idea. It's like, yeah, centralized conveyancing. Uh, you know, we have offices in these uh, rural areas. We can pool all of our resources, save on the money and, or on the expenses, reduce their fees. Everything is online. Submit the documents. We do EFT payments, mm. and we can grow into surrounding areas, and we can 
capture all of that those market mm-hmm. sounds like a pretty good plan right yeah. but mm-hmm. the thing is we forgot or we didn't realize is that like smaller communities run very differently than uh like a big Bigger city yeah. like they're very uh tight-knit they know everybody all the agents do business differently mm. because they they know each other very well and we were not there mm. like we were there once a week yeah. me and Farn were there once a week and uh so it's more like community-based yeah it's hard to recruit when you're not there oh you know and then they're like hey it's the city boys coming in it was it was great mm-hmm. but you just you don't have the you just don't have the manpower to do that mm. so uh after a little while um we just sold them all mm. in 2014 we sold them all and then we moved to east village so what did you learn most about that whole process with buying those and letting them go um i think the relationships with people are the same no matter where it is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one thing that we really really got out of that was that you got to stick to what's 100% like you know that's 100% you got to focus your efforts because if you start dividing your efforts then it's very tough because when we bought those offices the recruiting in our current in in Calgary started to like we didn't have enough time mm. to to grow because we were turning those offices around we bought it when they were not doing so well mm. and so we had a lot of stuff to do like cut expenses, you know, reject their processes, make it profitable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of restructuring. Yeah. And that just took time away from what really was, what really would have probably made us more money was mm-hmm. to focus on recruiting in one spot. Yeah. yeah. In Calgary, you got to focus on your, like your bread and butter. Yeah, exactly. Until it's really good. But <laughs> you guys were still building it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the mistakes that I think everybody's, uh, I think that we all do that. Mm-hmm. I think like oh, we need course. to, you have to discover that for yourself uh-huh. for you to be able to grow and know that you just have to focus on what you do best and focus on that and do that over and over and over and become the best at what you do mm-hmm. versus trying to do too much yeah. and not focus on any any one thing. For sure. Yeah, mastery. Yeah. Those things that you do actually help you grow more with mm-hmm. what you actually need to do right so mm-hmm. you guys had to see it and try it out mm-hmm. and then yeah. that made you guys grow even faster when you guys let that go right yeah you learn yes yeah, so when we let that go uh and we moved into east village like that was our fastest growth that mm-hmm. we've had mm-hmm. in east village because i think at one point you guys had label we were at 100 we were at 110 agents at one point oh mm-hmm. wow probably in 2014, 15 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like 110 agents. There was a point where you guys separated, so it just became you and Farhan, mm-hmm. and then um, Jessica, right? Yeah. yeah, Jessica. What happened there, and like, were you guys just not working good together, or why did she leave, or what happened? Can you talk about that? Or? Uh, that <laughs> I think that's more of like a, that's more of a, story from foreign but like okay. you know it's like we we uh we were working well together which which is fine but you know she was in camera we were in calgary we were really running the office and and she had her input and we were relying on some of her expertise to to talk to, to us and um i mean i'll kind of cut the story short but there was a little thing where uh foreign tends to reply to different messages like 
with by, like reply all <laughs> or like oh include everyone in he'll the... think he'll think that he's sending it to somebody else it's somebody but it. it's not going there okay um accidentally then, messaging someone yeah else. Okay. and then maybe yeah. and then that probably started a little bit of a discussion of to okay well you know maybe this isn't a fit because i think we both knew that uh, it wasn't a fit like we were taking it in a different direction that she wanted it mm. to go in the first place you guys weren't all aligned on yeah. with everything and you there was like different pages different pages yeah but it, it wasn't really discussed and then that email probably or whatever yeah was it's like, a pretty funny story <laughs> we'll have to get him to share that story <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so then you guys uh separated yeah and then it's just you and farhan now at um the east village yeah crazy it was a big space like and the other thing is we said you know, we're going from 4,000 square feet now up to almost 8,000 square feet. Cool. Is it that big there? Yeah, yeah 70, it's pretty big. Wow. So a few hundred square feet shy. Yeah. Actually, it's about, yeah, yeah. 76, 80, something like that. And you guys have been at that space, because I joined up with you guys, what, two, two, two and a half years ago, and mm -hmm. you guys, how long have you guys been at that space? Because you, now you guys are moving again. Uh, six years. Six years? Yeah. We were there 2014. Yeah. Then we... Bought the off. We bought the building, mm -hmm. sold the building, mm -hmm. and then uh, we're moving again. Yeah. When's that one gonna be finished then? Oh man, hopefully like in a three weeks, four weeks. Oh wow, that soon. I yeah. drove by it a couple times. Yeah, all the studs are up. Yeah. yeah. Where is it again? It's on Seventeenth Ave. Eighth Street. It's Thirteenth Ave. Right across from the Good Life, beside Head Candy. Beside Head Candy. Yeah. Uh, right by modern jelly donut like urban fairs over here and then it's like a few yeah yeah months. i think i remember i got my hair cut there once at candy um so yeah now you guys are moving um you guys have 80 agents mm -hmm. covid covid happened mm -hmm. <laughs> what do you what do you see happening for you guys in the next five ten years right what, what, what well because it seems like yeah this is your next step now yeah well yeah. our plan like the whole i realty scenario mm -hmm. uh started off with all the technology stuff that we talked about before right yeah um digital signatures we were like first ones to do that mm -hmm. now technology's kind of caught up with the industry mm -hmm. and everybody kind of they know what's up you know yeah yeah um so every once in a while of course we always have to sit back and say okay well what's the next thing you gotta figure that out mm -hmm. um and so we're making the move because i think that the days of private offices are slim yeah mm -hmm. like we got 20 we got 22 offices in our current space right now and it was full for many years but then in the last few years uh, we only have four people occupying any of those offices right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just seeing that trend, seeing the new brokerage, the bro new brokerage models coming in. I think the days of like paying $1,200 a month mm -hmm. is, is going to be over soon. Mm -hmm. And so for us to look at a new model where we can reduce our office space and pass that savings on to our agents. Mm -hmm. That's why we've changing this. Uh, we're changing our plan down to seven hundred dollars a month and just be completely transparent with this is what it is like it's you're getting value for the number one brand uh, number one real estate brand in the world mm -hmm. you still get the same value you still get everything that any remax office out there will give you but mm -hmm. at a fraction of the cost because we were able to save on all these on all these things mm -hmm. you guys are adapting with with the way the future is going mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. and it and you know COVID proved that we can we can do it and it prove that 
agents can do it. And mm-hmm. people are more now open to working from home. They're more open to technology, like like video conferencing. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe you guys uh, see this also. It's like in the industry, people just never used Skype yeah. or they never use Zoom or they don't like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like they don't like the video conferencing. It they want to face to face, but it like makes yeah. it makes sense now. Yeah. And, and this whole, uh, this whole COVID thing happened and it was a quick uh, everybody had to adapt really quickly uh-huh. include so buyers sellers agents everybody mm-hmm. home inspectors everybody had to adapt and so that's helped mm-hmm. yeah it definitely made an impact on the industry with that and like that technology has been around for so long but yet no one's really utilizing it to its full potential yeah exactly so this is definitely forcing people to to use it though yeah and what i found is it, it makes your life more efficient mm-hmm. right? 100% like what you don't have to get in your car to drive anywhere now mm-hmm. to have a face-to-face meeting mm-hmm. and people are comfortable with that yeah so we've been doing pre-listing well yeah questions and everything online and that's just like yeah it's so much easier right yeah i and mean you, time's precious man yeah. like you know the days when before electronic signatures you need an amendment mm-hmm. you had to drive like <laughs> you're wasting an hour to go get one sheet of uh, one sheet of paper signed yeah and now you can do it in matter of seconds yeah exactly when i first started in real estate i was introduced to like reprint docusign right mm-hmm. and i was like okay this is amazing and and i did some deals where some realtors some old school realtors were still faxing yeah <laughs> I, was like, I was like what is happening why aren't you guys adapting to this like he's like oh i gotta just wait uh it's gonna take me about two hours because they live in airdrie and i gotta go drive there and, right and i'm like Hey man, I could literally do do it for you. Let me just yeah. send them. Like, give me your email. He's like, no, I'm, like, I'm trying to help you out here. I could literally docu sign it for you. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you a two hour drive. Right? We're gonna yeah. see that fax. Well, I mean, Kreb just like they dropped the iFax yeah. number a little while ago. Yeah, nobody needs it. Like nobody. I don't know. Like, why do you need a fax number right it. now? Yeah. Like, it's just it's useless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like we kept one for the office because we still get faxes from lawyers. Oh. Some lawyers are moving towards emails and, and things, but like, there's no reason why you need a yeah. fax number anymore. It's yeah. kind of crazy. It's very old school. Yeah. <laughs> 10 years in the business, Jimmy. What, what's, uh, what do you think the biggest, like the hardest thing you've had to deal with? Oh man, that's a tough question. Because <laughs> um, to be in the business for 10 years is a long time too. Mm-hmm. Right, and definitely you've probably seen ups and downs and a lot of growth and everything. What, like, what do you think the hardest thing for you in the last ten years was? Um, I don't know if it's like the hardest thing, but mm-hmm. you know, it's certainly. Like, I mean, ten years is a long time, so you have to. You've probably seen everything. Yeah, you got right? and dealing with all the agents, all the changes. Yeah, all the agents. You know what? Like, when agents used to leave leave us there's always, there was always like oh man but they always left for um for a reason that was best for them yeah. and so they were moving they had family changes they got out of the industry or whatever so mm-hmm. you, know, you just learn over the years to you know those are the best things that that can can happen and so uh nobody has left us because they're upset Mm-hmm. The big, the challenge, the, I guess, the most challenging thing doing something for so long is to be able to just completely to to be can always be driven to continue to do to it for that long and yeah. and and keep on going, you know. Mm-hmm. So along the way, you just get different ideas, you know. Well, 
should we have a small team mm -hmm. instead of a big office you know mm -hmm. all those things and it, sometimes it gets draining after you do it for a while but then that's why business partners are such a good thing is because for sure you can kind of balance that off a little bit mm -hmm. yeah you know well you guys have another business partner now yeah we um, brought on brad yeah and how's that going with him with him it's going good he's um that's a funny guy <laughs> yeah he's, he's a funny guy I I mean, a you yeah. know what he's been he's been doing my he's been my backup for like forever uh -huh. for a while now um ever since like so when i travel he's the backup right mm -hmm. and it, it was like we always knew we wanted to grow the management team to get a little bit more diversity into uh, the, the team mm -hmm. and so you know we can focus on more strategic things and we can just get more hands to help us out right mm -hmm. um little things that we've like little things that we've always talked Warren's always talked about that podcast we talked about that yeah. mm -hmm. but we never had time to do it oh, but yeah so they have another podcast it's called the Hennessy Box Hennessy Box podcast yeah. so check <laughs> check check it out um and I'm proud to say I'm, I was your, your first, first guest, guest. <laughs> so <laughs> go check it out but yeah so sorry go on yeah so we just get to do different things we get to implement different strategies mm -hmm. um now that we're making such a big change in the model mm -hmm. it's uh, you know we needed more manpower to to do it to do it yeah. or else you just won't be able to do that you can't do everything yourself yeah you got to diversify yeah um what's the craziest story you could tell us with dealing with so many agents any crazy stories of with deals or agents you don't have to disclose names or anything but oh man I mean, I mean, you've probably seen a lot of shit happen, right, over the last 10 years. Yeah, a lot. I think the craziest stuff, I, you know what, I think the craziest stuff that ever happens or that I know about is all personal stuff of the agents. Because, like, as a broker, you're not just there to, like, tell them about um, deals, deals or whatever. Yeah. It's You're there to be a sounding board for them for all sorts of stuff mm -hmm. so anything that's going on in their personal lives you know they um it yeah you're it, there you're there for them you're you're you gotta listen you gotta help them through and i think that's just that's just a that's the cool part of the job mm -hmm. but then you also hear some crazy <laughs> stories about you know drugs and you know, all sorts. Anything of shit. you could share? I don't know if I can. Yeah. No. <laughs> the most interesting stories. I don't know if I can share that because yeah. then, if they listen to this, then they'll know who it is. Yeah. Like, you don't Jimmy. <laughs> Thought I could get maybe something out of you, but um... you know, like other things. You know, like you uh, walking on people, to, walking in on people taking a shower in a showing. Um, <laughs> tenant sleep like had a rager. At, uh, the night before and just didn't leave and they were passed out naked on the couch like those stories yeah. are always it's those always are funny, yeah. 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 <laughs> tell us about your uh, next business venture the new business venture the, 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 the new business venture oh you got a you got a few more or uh, <laughs> uh, paper lantern oh paper lantern yeah, yeah. this <laughs> <laughs> just a hidden cocktail bar and I think that was, uh, it's, it's me and uh, my wife and then my sister-in-law and her fiance. Okay. Uh, we just thought that it was a, we've always wanted a cocktail bar. Mm -hmm. uh, Tanner, who's Nee's uh, fiance. Okay. He's, he's into cocktails. He likes, he makes some really good drinks, right? Mm -hmm. 
and just over the years we're just talking like hey yeah this would be cool mm-hmm. we thought yeah, what a great uh, idea if we can put one in chinatown there's nothing in chinatown right now mm-hmm. if you can't get a drink in chinatown anywhere mm-hmm. and that's true you know like yeah there isn't like you want a drink downtown in chinatown you can't get one yeah, other like than after, beers it's like after hours yeah you can like after hours you get special tea <laughs> yeah you get beers yeah. but that's about it yeah. right so um, we were walking around and we thought about this for a while and then we were walking around mm-hmm. and we said, and you know, Chinatown, like there's only a few streets that you're like, oh, okay, this might work. Mm-hmm. And there's this one space that we're in now that we said, you know, this place would be fantastic for a cocktail bar. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, Anne knows her friend, there's a long connection, but her friend's brother is Ho Wan's daughter's husband. <laughs> You lost me there. But the, rest, the restaurant. <laughs> oh, the restaurant. Okay. Yeah, so the, re- the whole one, the restaurant. Okay. So they own that building and uh, it was empty. Like we knew it was empty for a while. It wasn't mm-hmm. being occupied as a retail space. Mm-hmm. So she reached out and said, hey, you know, are you leasing out that? Like what's going on with the basement suite there? Do you know the landlord? They're like, oh yeah, it's us. Mm-hmm. And so we started talking to them and um, that's how we got the space. It wasn't even listed. It wasn't anything. It was just yeah. pure coincidence. And it just um, happened that it it's a good spot for us, and we opened up a cocktail bar in there. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys opened up right before COVID. COVID. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, so we, we constructed it. It took extra long because we did it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And right when we were about to open is uh, middle of March, March 16 or something. Mm-hmm. Everything shut down. The, the and we're day like, before. All right. <laughs> Twiddle our thumbs, mm-hmm. you know, scoped out the situation, see what's up. It gave us a little bit of time to really, like, get things going. For sure. And then finally we're like, okay, well, we're going to sell some cocktail kits. And so we started selling the pina coladas and just mm-hmm. a bunch of cocktail kits, right, mm-hmm. for people to enjoy at home. Yeah. That did really well. And then we see all these other cocktail kits come up. And then we stopped selling those and uh, we soft launched like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, this whole thing has actually helped us quite a bit because uh, we didn't have to open up and just take everybody in. Like it was, it's a slow, gradual opening. Mm-hmm. We get to, you know, just ease into it versus mm-hmm. having to open sign and everyone comes yeah, in. Exactly, then, like because yeah. we're limited on seating capacity, mm-hmm. so we've been doing like seated times, and that's helped control the flow mm-hmm. a bit. So this coming week, we're not, we're not uh, doing seated times anymore. So it allowed us to, and everybody's super understanding during this time, right? So mm-hmm. then we opened Friday, Saturday for two weeks, next week's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But then it just helps you ramp up. It helps you like work out all the kinks. Mm -hmm. You can change the spring roll wrap because the first two weeks we were using a wrap that was like not that great. Mm -hmm. And then so the next week we can change it and nobody's gonna notice or nobody's gonna care. Uh, Versus if you had a shitty product right off the bat and everybody was there and you couldn't provide the service, you're, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. So it kind of helped us in a way. I mean, I think it was a blessing in disguise, really. For sure. Because I felt like you guys adapted pretty well like during all that COVID stuff, especially with those kits. And then now that you guys are opening, it's almost like a long, soft opening. So you can kind of work the really kids long, out. soft opening, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like we're adding days, like, you know, like yeah. two days a week. Like which restaurant opens two days a week on grand opening? Like you'd be... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that doesn't happen outside of these times. I don't think, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's but, pretty sweet. So you got you got your brokerage now, and you have. I don't know if you have any other other businesses on the go. We got a website coming. Website, um, 
you got your paper lantern, you got the brokerage. Mm-hmm. What can you share with entrepreneurs of, of what you've learned on how to diversify and like basically anything you, you can share to help people that are entrepreneurship because those are a lot of big projects. Mm-hmm. So even like one person has one restaurant, right? Yeah. One person focuses on the brokers, but to diversify yourself and right. and have these relationships with people to have these businesses going. Um, like it sounds, it sounds like it's not a lot of work, but it is a lot of work. I, I feel it's a ton, especially if you know like business, right? Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. All and, the little things. Yeah. Um, I think one of the most important things is that you got to recognize that you can't do it all yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that over the years, I uh, like I myself, I had to learn mm-hmm. because like, you know, like I was talking about the introverted personality. Like, there's a lot of things that I would just want to hang on to and do myself. And uh, I would credit Farin for kind of pushing me in that direction a little bit, where he just doesn't want to do anything himself take yeah. that in a good way though yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like i know, I know. <laughs> I know what you mean. he's like yeah clean my car fuck no way i want to go hire somebody yeah. you know like those types of things because he, he because time to him is very important mm-hmm. and i've learned that over the years and so you can't just start a bunch of businesses on your own like that's just you'll you'll it's you're setting yourself up for failure mm-hmm. um have some you know you gotta and you gotta start start those businesses with people that you trust and mm-hmm. have a good relationship with and you can connect with mm-hmm. even well before getting into business with them i think or else mm-hmm. that's totally. gonna be a real bitch trying to for sure <laughs> some stuff you know what i mean yeah yeah but yeah the other thing is it's like i don't know man you can't bite off more than what you can chew mm-hmm. i think that's that's like if you got all these balls in the air and you can't like you know your own limits right mm-hmm. so you can't just do more than what you you can't and uh, it's happened to us like there are times when we've started too many things mm-hmm. and none of them got done. Yeah. Like we spent a bunch of money. Like we were, um, we started a website, mm-hmm. like great idea. Like I, you know, I just started a website on called Canpedia yep. <laughs> side business. Yeah. I thought it was like fantastic, but then we had no time for it. So mm-hmm. we spent all these money on all the money on building this website, but yet yeah, it's not launched. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. If you're going to commit to something, commit to it commit it to it fully make sure you got the time to do it and yeah, do it yeah. with people that you trust and get help when you get help when you need it yeah i, I think that's something we're learning right now because me and dave always have so many ideas with the yyc real estate group yeah. and we're like fuck man we never finish anything yeah we talked like we've been talking about this podcast for lots since last year and it's just always in the back and we're like let's do it right, right. but i think it's just to um commit to it and actually be like follow through mm-hmm. the first step's the most important one yeah and the other thing is i mean uh don't go out like you see there's some serial entrepreneurs out there i think that just does whatever mm-hmm. yeah that that used to be me that and that works <laughs> i mean that works well for some yeah. people right yeah. like you had a cleaning business you're in real estate you had like all oh, sorts of God, stuff in yeah. which yeah. which which is good and it works for it works well for for some people mm-hmm. um but again, like when you step outside of what you're best at and, and be the best at what you do with this one thing, yeah. it becomes a challenge, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think what I've learned was um, we need to build our business, business so good that we could have structures in place for it to essentially run itself, mm-hmm. right? 
until we get to that point, it doesn't make sense to jump somewhere else because then you get too scrambled. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Focus on that one thing. And, and once you're solid at that and you know, then branch out mm-hmm. versus what I was doing was wanting to get my hands on everything right. and just not being able to commit to everything long term. Right. Yeah. right. Obviously, the only one that really stuck was real estate. And so we try to tie in other businesses within the real estate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But when you threw in like, yeah, when I got that cleaning company, it was just, that was a whole nother. A whole nother. Whole nother <laughs> yeah. Volume, right? yeah. It's like, you know, I'd really like, uh, if you look at some of the business out there, I really like, I've always liked to look at. When you travel, you see other businesses, and you're like, "Wow, how long? How how can this business survive for hundreds and hundreds of years doing this one thing?" Mm-hmm. And that's really what I I took a lot of inspiration from mm-hmm. for that, like from, from that perspective, like mm-hmm. Cafe Dumont in the states, in, right? uh, Louisiana, Louisiana. No, yeah. um, oh shit, what? Don't look at me. I don't know what you guys are talking it's a about. Co- it's a coffee brand. Oh, okay. In um, New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans. Yeah, that's right. Uh, in New Orleans, so all they sell is beignets, and they've been doing it forever. You know, beignets and coffee, right? Yeah. That's it. Like that's all they do. There's a uh, there's a tart place in um, Lisbon. Yeah, Portugal. Yeah, H- hundreds of years. That's all they sell. It's yeah. Like, it's like the same with Japan. So, yeah, exactly. In Japan, they they do one thing and they yeah. do it so well for like hundreds of so years. So successful at it. <laughs> It's, I don't know, I think that's, that's mastery inspiration in there. Mastery is a big thing. Yeah, for sure. And it takes a long time to master it. Well, I mean, we haven't even mastered our business they, yet. They say 10,000 hours or seven years. Yeah. Whatever gotta, comes first. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely agree with what you said, though, with partnerships and can't do it on your own. Mm-hmm. I've started to realize that also and you do need the team and support right and i've that's kind of something i've been learning the last year too where you're like okay yeah you can't do everything on your own yeah especially if you want to get bigger right right and, and you do need the support so i totally agree with you um with that jimmy i mean you got 24 hours in a day yeah um you gotta sleep some and then you then you're maxed out at capacity yeah you know yeah then you got to work and then you, you got to have some time for your personal life too. So it's like, you oh, gotta, it's a constant balancing act. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's real important. I mean, we didn't talk about that, but like you need the time to take a step back and recharge. Yeah. Well, do how do you find the time? How do you structure your days? Cause you're doing all these things mm-hmm. you have and a you have a kid. kid yeah. Yeah. Um, so how do you structure your time? Um, I see that you have a, like a bullet journal there. Do you use it every day? Every day, for years now. So yeah, I you've been using up. that and trained us on how to use that, but you've been yeah. consistent on that. And it's um, it's something that it just keeps. I I, I think I told you, like when I did the uh, session on how to use this or whatever. It's yeah. for years I couldn't actually figure out how to do something proper, like mm-hmm. to journal something that that actually had everything in there, mm-hmm. my thoughts, my ideas any draft, like little doodles or whatever that I'm thinking about, the to-do list, um, 
special event days or anything of that sort. Like, and then I and then I found this bullet journal idea or whatever, mm-hmm. and I've implemented it. And I've been doing it for probably like three years now, I think. Yeah, consistently. Um, consistently, yeah. and it's it helps you organize your thoughts and it helps you organize the things that you have to do today. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, the bonus is that I can always look back on any certain day, like any day, mm-hmm. and I'll know what I did that day. Kind of a little bit of a. So you you use that on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. All the time, it it never leaves my side. That's crazy. Because <laughs> like a part when of I, you. Yeah, like when I like when you when you're on the phone and somebody's asking you to do something and mm-hmm. you got so much shit that's on your mind, mm-hmm. you're gonna forget if you don't write it down. Mm-hmm. Like for me, like I, I I'll for sure. just forget. 100%, so yeah. I have to write that down, and then I'll just then it's there, and then it feels like a little thing that I have to do and check off, and then yeah. it gets and then it gets done. So it helps with a lot of yeah. efficiency. And it also doesn't occupy any space in your mind where you're like thinking about this thing where you're yeah. gonna forget about it, and then after because you can just focus on like things at hand at present, and then you can look back at it after and be like, okay, I need to get this done. But mm-hmm. you're not like you don't have to remember every little detail of something that's going on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's like it's nice because uh, you get the idea like you something you need to do, you put it down, you know it's there, and you can forget about it yeah. until you know that when you got to come back. Okay, I'm, I'm sitting down on a computer now, and it makes you so much more efficient because. You got a entire like. Let's say you got like thirty things you got on this list to do, right? Mm-hmm. And twenty of those items are actually just things that you can do on a computer. Like you have to sit at your computer and do, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So then you just maximize your time when you sit down on a computer. I open my book. I'm like, okay, I gotta do this, 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 and then you check off all the things that you need to do when you're sitting there. Mm-hmm. And then you can plan your day. You can organize your day. You just become a little bit more efficient that way. Time management. So you bring that everywhere you go. Everywhere. And grocery shopping. Everything. Yeah, everything. My grocery shopping list would be in here too. If I need to buy something, I'll put it so in my your grocery business plans, everything. Everything. <laughs> How do you, because this is my problem with that. I totally agree with that, right? And when you showed me that, I, I used it yeah. for about 30 days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that should have formed a habit for you. Yeah, 22 days. days. <laughs> but I don't know what it is with me. It's consistency. How do you stay consistently using that? It's just discipline. You know, after, um, after like after I formed that habit of like just using it, it was such a a benefit for me that I just it was just such a benefit that I just had to use it yeah. like if I didn't then I felt like something was it's kind of like wearing a watch right like I don't have a watch on today but then I feel a little naked yeah. but you know like it's kind of like that it's yeah. like then you just get consistent with it and you want to use it and you want to there's something missing with me because I, when you did teach that session I saw it at the office too everyone's using it you were using it I wasn't even there <laughs> but you were I think you had the bullet journal no I don't no. have one I have a different one yeah, like I have like a a small moleskin that I always bring yeah. for every yeah. meeting. Those There's are one, the best. Yeah, one business, one personal. Yeah. So I write all my personal stuff in one, and all the business stuff. So anytime I go into a listing presentation, yeah, I'm writing the notes on. Yeah, you write the notes. Yeah, I you don't write notes though. That's oh, the problem. I know. I know. And I've been telling you that. Yeah. <laughs> See, well, that's the thing. That's like, why I need the consistency. Yeah. See, when you have a conversation with somebody, I, I put the notes in here too, is because you want to remember what the hell you talked about because mm-hmm. chances yeah. are it's you're not going to remember yeah you know like there's just too much shit going on mm-hmm. too, we're filled with information too now mu- too hard to remember everything yeah. right like too much yeah. too much shit going on what i do is my i write my day and i that's all i really do but i do need to be more consistent with the pretty much having it with you all the time yeah 
I, the thing is, I tried a couple of different ones. Like this one here is like a is a moleskin, yeah. and it's thin enough that I could just put a pen in here, and then it just yeah. You can put this in your pocket. It fits in a lot of pockets, mm -hmm. and uh, I I tried a hardcover. It's too big. Yeah. I, I hate it. Mm -hmm. I tried something even thicker than this. It's just not. You good. don't so use this it. This is like the perfect like one. Like this, I have another yeah, it's one. It's a little thick. And I used like, that one before, and it's like. It, it's yeah, too yeah. much. Yeah, this is mine. When it's a piece of paper. <laughs> I used to do that. But the thing like, is that you'll throw it away. Yeah. And yeah, you don't care sure You don't care for it. That's yeah. the thing. And that's the problem with those the notebooks that are smaller, that are like smaller than the size of your phone, you can carry it with you. Because mm -hmm. after you're done with that, you're not going to look at that again. No, and then and you I, check I think, it. Yeah, and then you probably wrote something important on there that you're gonna need to reference later. Yeah. Well, these these are all the. <laughs> this is everything I wanted to talk to you about. So I think we covered pretty much everything. Um, well, that's sweet. And uh, yeah, we're we're an hour in, so we could probably wrap this up now. Do you, do you um, do you have any questions for Jimmy or anything you want to ask him, Dave? I think we covered most of the stuff. You guys enjoying this? Oh yeah, this yeah. was a like, great no, like enjoying the podcast scenario. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. yeah, you know what I love about the podcast, and it helps you actually after, mm -hmm. like when you're not even in a podcast and you're in a conversation with someone. Right. Like, uh, can you can you relate? Where? Yeah, like, no, totally. Practice like practice makes perfect, right? Exactly. And. So I find my, myself I'm having more longer conversations with people, and right? They're, and they're I, deeper. And they're deeper. Yeah. And the deeper connections. Yeah. And I'm more uh, present. Right. And I'm like, like I'll have a thirty minute conversation with someone one on one. I'm like, God damn, did I just <laughs> yeah, have yeah, that conversation? Yeah, yeah. And they're like ready to leave. Yeah. And I'm still I'm the one that's usually like, Yo, I gotta get out of here. Right. Yeah. Gotta, right. Gotta, usually gotta, in a rush. Yeah. I'm always in a rush. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I love the podcast. It, it, there's. It helps. It, there's so many benefits to it where I don't even think we know yet, mm -hmm. right? I think it's a way to teach. I think it's it's teaching me to, like you said, have better conversations. Yeah. And because you know you're sitting here and you got headphones on, mm -hmm. and so you're totally like just in that conversation, right? And and it, it helps you have a more genuine conversation with other people and people that you meet over time. Just. Mm -hmm. Um, because like, I think a lot of conversations now are superficial mm. for sure. For like, sure. Just, uh, you know, there's small talk and yep. stuff and it's, it's kind of tough and well, and I, you don't get like uh, the platform to have a, like a deep conversation most of the time. Right? Mm -hmm. And, and you right now we are all kind of have to be present right? versus if you're at a party and you're talking to someone, they could be tipsy and like, yeah, you, it, it's just, re it is really short talk. Mm -hmm. yeah right yeah, yeah, absolutely so i do really appreciate these uh podcasts for sure right mm -hmm. yeah that's fun if anything it's like a great way to learn and share and, and like i didn't know your story till now right i didn't even right. know you went to school i didn't i didn't know any of that right and so this helps you know your audience too jimmy if someone's mm -hmm. listening that doesn't right. really get to know you yeah. get to know you even more and like yeah. kind of what you went through right mm -hmm. yeah i think that's, that's what I got from the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. I feel like I got one more question or something for you before yeah, we wrap this up. Jimmy. What's up? What's, um, <laughs> I feel like this is going to be an interesting <laughs> question. I don't know yet. I, I, I don't know yet. Um, 
Another fact that just, just now that I got you here, I, I feel like this is my opportunity to ask something. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of people don't know that I uh, as a Vietnamese refugee. <laughs> yeah, tell us something that we, no one knows. You're you, you were a Vietnamese refugee. <laughs> Did the whole thing, the boat, middle of the night. Crazy. Really, fishing boat crammed with like almost hundred people. Mm. Almost wow. sank in the middle of the ocean. Wow. Let's get. Let's Malaysia. talk about that. That's, That's actually, crazy. Yeah, I, I had no idea. So, in nineteen, I left when I was like. So my, my brother and my dad left Vietnam after the war, right? Like mm -hmm. they, they left two years before mm -hmm. me and my mom did. I was too young. Mm -hmm. So they left when I was two. And then me and my mom stayed back in Vietnam for another two years. And then when I was four and I was old enough, then she did that journey. Mm. By and herself or? Yeah, was just her, you and her. her. Oh, you, yeah. you guys together? Me and my mom. Yeah. Okay, okay. And then, um, you know. So you were four? Four, yeah. So then you, so we left. Did the whole boat thing a couple days wait, to make it to wait, Malaysia. Wait, wait. So, what do you remember? Very little. Okay. But there's like, it's weird because I don't know if this is actually if if I'm making up the memory or not. Mm -hmm. But there's two very specific things that I just have a glimpse of in my mind. Mm -hmm. One is uh, it was very rough that night on uh, on because you had to take a small boat mm -hmm. out to a fishing boat. Mm -hmm. That's like because the fishing boat can't dock mm -hmm. and um, get a bunch of people on there. So like little small boats had to go out. Mm -hmm. So I remember the little small boat, it was at night and water was coming in. So they were like bailing it out. I, I, I remember very little of that part. Mm -hmm. I've asked my mom before. She said, yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> the other, <laughs> Tell me the details. <laughs> the other thing I remember was um, we were in the hull of the boat and we were right beside the engine. Mm. And it was like very tough to breathe. Oh, wow. um, Diesel. So, yeah, so I remember. How I, big was I, I the remember boat? a little bit of that. Do you remember how big the no, boat? No, I, I don't. It's and, and there was hundreds of people in this boat. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's that's packed. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember that, and then um, that's about it. Yeah. And then and then I remember a little bit when we were in the refugee camp. Were you in uh, Macau or were you in Hong Kong? We were in Malaysia. Oh, crazy. Yeah. What do you mean? Oh, so you guys went to Malaysia first? Like, that's where you docked. So you go to the refugee camp and then you get, then you stay there mm -hmm. okay. for until you get like, like processed. Until you're processed, basically, yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. We were there for six months because we because my brother and my dad already got accepted. They mm -hmm. were there for I think a year. Crazy. And then uh, they came here, and then we came to Calgary in eighty. So you guys flew here from Calgary. They were sponsored. Yeah. Oh, you guys were sponsored. So yeah. at that time, the government were accepting, like, uh, the entire family got split up, like, uh, my aunt, uncles and everything, like, yeah. California, Australia, wherever. They, um, my, uh, my dad came and he got sponsored to Calgary. And that's how we went. That's how we came here is because he was here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, Calgary was a different time. It was different back then. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, my parents went to the same thing as well. Like they, yeah. they were from the north though, so they got processed in Hong Kong, and yeah. then I think they were in there for a while. Like my older sister was born in a refugee yeah. camp. Yeah, like she she's not actually a Canadian citizen originally. She's actually like a, I think she has like a, a Hong Kong or or, Mo, or Macau. Right. Yeah. And then uh, and then they got sponsored from there to Fernie, and that's where like my dad went to school. Oh wow, cool! And, and stuff like that. My dad went to school in Vancouver for plumbing. So, um, but yeah, like my sister and my parents were like all refugees. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I, I wasn't. <laughs> my mom was though. Yeah. My mom was though. Well, shit, man. Like, yeah. you know what? Like, it keeps me grounded though. Like, just every every once in a while, I just look back and I'm like, Sh- they were twenty. They were in their twenties. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, like yeah. Mid mid twenties. And they packed up and left yeah. and came to another country with nothing. In they probably pockets, didn't speak yeah. English too, right? In yeah. Zero. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, they survived, so. Exactly. And, like, that's the that good will definitely survival story. For sure. you know, so yeah. yeah. We gotta be, so yeah, we gotta be grateful for what we have now, I guess, but. Exactly. That's crazy. I didn't know. I thought you were born and raised here, like me. And, <laughs> but that's a, I can't even imagine that being yeah. on, a, on, a, on a boat and. It's kind of crazy. Like we, talk, crazy we talk stories. about it, right? Yeah. But you talk about it, but you just and you see it now, yeah. you know, and yeah. you see the refugees, like you know, like Syrians, Syrians yeah. and stuff, and you're like, and the the politics that goes around it. But at the end of the day, they're they're people trying to get away from, you know, yeah, their situation, place or a situation, and you gotta. It seems different. Yeah, you, know? you gotta be yeah. sympathetic to it. Yeah. All right. Well, I think. I well, you didn't have a question for me, but well, that kind of threw me off guard when you said that. I was like, "What?" I didn't know that. Give me, give me a second here. Let me think. Just something, something maybe good for the listeners. Any advice? Any advice you want to give? On what? On <laughs> on life. I suck. Business. At, I suck advice. I suck at giving advice. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Something you learned. So, something you learned. Other than. You need support to help grow your business. Anything else that you want to share? If you got nothing, you got nothing. But any last words? Um, you know, like uh, this just came up. This I was having this conversation with Brian the other day, mm-hmm. and there's uh, some. Yeah, the, the one thing that I, I always keep in the back of my mind when you're having these conversations like when you're having conversations with people is that mm-hmm. they you know how you always get these little tendencies to maybe like not like may, maybe just like lie a little bit mm-hmm. just for some stupid random reason mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know what it could be like maybe like maybe if you were like this is a stupid example okay yeah. um, like maybe if you were uh, uh, in the bathroom or something mm-hmm. And somebody's calling you, and then or someone's calling you, and you, and then they're like, "Oh, what were you doing?" And then you're like, "You're on the spot. You made up, you you made up something else." Mm-hmm. Just so then you're like, yeah, "Yeah, not telling them that." Like those little things mm-hmm. might come back and bite you in the ass. So I've made it a habit to like, just to tell people how like how it is, how it is. Yeah. You know, like yeah. because then it's the truth, and it will never ever come totally. back and bite you in the ass you yeah. never have to change the story yeah because it's never, the truth. and then you, you'll never get caught either and I, that's such a stupid example but like you know like little things man like may, like friends asking you to go out mm-hmm. okay so mm-hmm. friends will be like hey yeah you, you want to go out it's like nah man i'm busy and then you make up something like i'm busy with my family event or whatever then you totally fucking forget about it <laughs> and then you take a uh, instagram photo yeah. of you doing something completely different that night uh-huh. yeah yeah and so, they're like that they bullshit me <laughs> <laughs> so then now you just be like no i no man i'm not down for that or i don't want to go so just that's just a conversation i had with foreign i think having um in general having integrity with what you say yeah and there's just yeah, no need it. to um there's no real need to lie or not lie but just tell the truth right like mm-hmm. if because the only reason you're not telling the truth is you think how the other person's going to react. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't, 
you don't know that. Yeah, you how, can't control that. You, you right. don't know how they are going to react, but you will over-exaggerate or, or say or little lies just just to get out of that situation short term. But right. in, in the end, it, there is an impact. Right, right? So, exactly. Yeah. So it's, uh, it comes back to that whole conversation started just because I came back to something that I have on my wall at the office yeah. that Brad sits in now, but it says, hell yes, hell yeah or no. And so yeah. I read that somewhere <laughs> in a book somewhere, I don't know, hell yeah or no. And it was like, and it's helped me make so many decisions to like, just so many decisions. Yeah. Mm. So it's like either it's a hell yes. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent on this uh-huh. or nah, I'm just going to tell you. I'm not, I'm, I'm not for it. And, yeah. um, I do that a lot with like uh, sales calls and stuff like people you, used to like, I mean, you guys probably get a lot of meetings re- requests, right? Yeah. And then like, I used to have to, I'm like a pleaser. So I was like, yeah, sure, man, mm-hmm. uh, we can do this. But then it ends up wasting an hour of your time, something that you were never interested in the first place. Mm-hmm. So then, um, now I just get really good at saying, you know, it's not for me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that we need it or just actually just tell them mm-hmm. no. Yeah, for because sure. Because it's not a hell yes. Yeah. 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 It makes it black or white. Like there's no gray area yeah, exactly. and it's, it's not like convoluted. So it's like you, you're either in or you're out. Like yeah. There's no, you're like, you're not halfway in, you're not halfway out. You're That's just, right. It's just black or white. It's black or white. It's like, yes, I want to do this and I want to do it with a hundred percent like enthusiasm and commitment or... Mm-hmm don't do it at all because mm-hmm. the the gray and the in-between i think that's where you wasted a lot of your time and money sure. time money yeah, yeah. everything <laughs> oh it's just way better and you feel so much better when you're just like no oh yeah yeah <laughs> like it's like no, no man i'm not gonna and people won't and you know what so many people are afraid of that though oh, they're afraid so to say no yeah, yeah and they're afraid of how the other person's gonna react but i mean if you just tell them how it is and you don't do it in a rude way mm-hmm. everybody understands it's actually more respectable to the other person if you just say no instead of leaving 100%. them on. Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then you get into this game of like, nah, you know, not this week, but you know what? Call me back next week. And then they call you back next week. You're like, ah, oh, shit. No, call, call me back next week. Call me back next week. And then now you're this guy that's like, you can't commit or you're like, you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> so those are, those are some good words of wisdom for sure. Just having integrity with what you say mm-hmm. and, you know, don't, the people are don't be scared of saying no mm-hmm. and i used to used to be scared to say no mm-hmm. right but now i'm pretty confident to be like listen man this is a waste of my time it's a waste of your time to keep talking yeah like let's just go our separate ways right? yeah, exactly <laughs> and like no don't take it personal it's just this is not what i want right now. yeah yeah so all this, right this is getting much longer than your usual podcast so i think yeah well, this, this is uh an hour 15 minutes so Thanks, Jimmy, for being on the show. Uh, we really Thanks, appreciate Jason. it. Thanks, Dave. Um, yes. Appreciate great it. conversations. And, you know, I look forward to what you guys are going to do and what you're going to be doing in the next 10 years. It seems like you, you're you always making some moves, right? So yeah, I look for forward sure. to seeing that for you. Thank you. And how can we find you on Instagram? Oh, yeah. You want to sh- Me? Yeah. yeah your Maybe businesses. Mimi? Yeah. Or paper um, fan. Or- personally, it's dig underscore deep. Okay. I post one picture a day. That was yeah. dig, not a... D-I-G. D-I-G. Dig deep. You get it? You get it? Last yeah. name. Dig, Dig deep. deep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Inspirational almost. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so that's his personal page. And then you so got, I post. So yeah. I post one picture a day, no comments or anything like that. A lot of people have been asking me. like, But there's one post at the very beginning of the year. I explained why I'm doing it. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no picture. Just one picture, no comments, whatever. Okay. Um, and then um, Paper Lantern YYC. Okay. 
and is the bar, and then Remax High Realty Innovations is the brokerage. Okay, awesome. and you can find Paper Lantern at, um, what's the address? Mm, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> well, it's in Chinatown. It's in Chinatown underneath Hoan. Yeah, 115 2nd Avenue. Okay. It's hidden, so you're going to have to look for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those... Uh, speakeasies. Speakeasies. Yeah, you're going to have to look for it, but the cocktails are dope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Remax Eye Realty Innovations. Remax Eye Realty Innovations. That's... On Instagram. On Instagram. And then you guys are moving 13th Ave and 8th Street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can find Jimmy. You can follow the construction on, on Instagram <laughs> if you want. Yeah. All right. We'll wrap that up. Well, and, thank you, guys. Um, that was yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah for sure. Good. Thanks good for coming out. All right. <laughs> it's like it wasn't recorded this whole time. <laughs> 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 I'm pretty sure it was, right? You know?